This daily grind, I need one wine. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. Every day of my life is such a grind. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today we're going to be breaking down Acts chapter 15. And as we're going through the book of Acts, I just hope and pray that the Bible is coming alive to you. That, you know, most people can't just hop on a plane and, and fly overseas and, and check out these places for themselves. And if you ever had that experience, God bless you. And I'm sure that it was just absolutely life changing. But, you know, most people today do have internet, and if we don't have internet, we have cellular phones who, you know, that we can use the cellular data, and we can Google these places that Paul and Barnabas went and visited and, and took the gospel to and give these Gentiles hope, and we can see remnants that have been left behind of their, their, the temples to their gods and, and, and all these things, you know, these little villages that the archaeologists have dug up and all these artifacts that have been found that just literally makes the Bible come to life. And and as we continue to go through the book of Acts, I want you to see that the Bible is full of real people, people like Stephen and James who were l- literally killed. They were they became martyrs. They they died because they were sharing Jesus Christ with other people. And so they literally gave their lives for the sake of the gospel. Um, we saw the church birth in, in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost on, those, on, the, on the apostles, on the disciples of Jesus. And Peter preaches that, that first sermon on the day of Pentecost and about 3,000 people received his word and were baptized and the Lord added them to the church. And so we had the birth of the church and, and, and then the church blossoms in Jerusalem and it just kind of hangs out there in Jerusalem for a little while until persecution gets so bad that, that the church is literally forced out of their comfort zone and they have to leave Jerusalem. And so families begin to pack up and they begin to move into safer areas like Philip who took his family down to Samaria. And when he moved down to Samaria, he also took Jesus with him and he preached the gospel there in Samaria. And And it says, the Bible says that joy was brought to that city and men and women were baptized and so the lord just continued to add people to his church and the church continued to blossom and and to grow and as these people moved out into other areas the gospel went with them and just like jesus said it would do to the disciples before he ascended into heaven in acts chapter one he said you know he said you're going to preach in jerusalem you're going to preach in Judea, Samaria, and to the, to the rest of the world. And, and so here we are in 2021, and the gospel is still being preached. And people are still being saved. And, and, and if you know anybody that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that if you don't have the nerve to tell them about Jesus, please share the Grinded Podcast with them and, and so they can... Uh, hear about Jesus and get to know Jesus and give them the opportunity to be saved and God bless you for for doing that but in, in Acts chapter 10 we saw Peter go into the house of Cornelius after having that vision three different times and God saying Peter you know 
this food you're calling unclean is now clean. And Peter didn't understand what God was trying to say there. But when he was obedient and he goes to the house of Cornelius, who was a Gentile, he had invited his close friends and his family over. And they were eager to hear Peter's message. And Peter starts to tell these Gentiles about the death and the burial of the resurrection. And as Peter's talking, the Holy Spirit falls on these Gentiles and they begin speaking with other tongues. And Peter immediately recognizes, hey, this is what happened to us back in Acts chapter 2. I'm sure Peter didn't say that. But he said, this is what happened to us on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell on us. And we begin to speak in other tongues. And they're doing the same thing. So what's keeping us from baptizing? these Gentiles. And so uh, Peter understood the vision now, and he's saying, I know what God's saying by showing me this vision, this unclean food. He's saying that nobody's unclean now, that all can be saved. And so the Lord has is now, just like Jesus said he would do, he has welcomed in Jews and Gentiles. And Paul says over in Galatians that we are, we are all one in Christ Jesus and so uh, the Gentiles have been welcomed in and, and the, the gospel message begins to spread even further from Jerusalem and further from Samaria and into Judea and now it's going into these Gentile cities and when it starts to reach the Gentile cities Paul and Barnabas go along to, to help with, with, with what the Holy Spirit is doing and with what God is doing and, and they carry the gospel in further on into the Gentile cities. And that's what we looked at in our last chapter, in Acts chapter 14, how Paul and Barnabas, we call it the first missionary journey, how they traveled around and they spread the hope of the gospel in other Gentile cities, but that came with a price. You know, just like Jesus had told Paul, that, or he was Saul at the time, but Jesus had told him that he would be persecuted for his sake for Jesus' sake, for taking the gospel to these Gentiles. And so when they came to a town called Lystra, after, you know, they've been threatened and chased out of city after city after city, and these people would follow them from city to city. And when uh, Paul got to Lystra and he was preaching and he sees a man who's been crippled his whole life, never walked before, Paul calls him out right in the middle of a sermon, heals the man, they think that, that Paul and Barnabas are gods, Zeus and Hermes. And, and so they begin to try to make sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. And, and Paul and Barnabas try to put a stop to that. Well, about that time, these people show up that have been chasing Paul and Barnabas around, wanting to kill them. And they persuade the crowd against Paul and Barnabas. And they literally, I, I don't know if anything happened to Barnabas. Luke doesn't say, but Luke does say that Paul was literally stoned and dragged out of the city, and he was dead, in my opinion. And the church, the Christian brethren, came and gathered around Paul, prayed for him, and he gets up and starts on like nothing ever happened. And we covered this in the last podcast, but if you've been stoned, you're dead. And if you're not dead... You're, you're broken and bruised so bad, you're not going to just hop up and, and, and go home and, go and start a 60-mile journey on the next day. But that's exactly what Paul did. So Paul and Barnabas, at the end of chapter 14, they, they, they backtrack and they visit the churches that they have started to strengthen the church and, and 
to appoint elders. And so as we continue today going through the book of Acts, you know, I want us to see inside people's lives. I want us to see these crowds of people who are eager, really eager to hear the word of God being proclaimed. And I want us to see the people that are healed. And today, what is so cool about Acts chapter 15 is that we get to go sit in in a meeting with the church leadership in Jerusalem. It's as if we can look around and, and see these men having these conversations as they wrestle with a certain issue that has been brought up to uh, attention has been brought up by some Pharisees of all people who have been converted to Jesus. They're, they're now Christians, but they still have the, the, the Pharisaical background. In, in fact, uh, this is a very debated topic even after these leaders make their decision. <clears throat> and, and, and they're going to send delegates to tell these Gentile churches what decision they've, you know, that they have come to. And even after they have sent this letter and they've read this letter and they've met with these Gentile churches, it's going to be a, a contention against Paul and, and the Jewish people, his whole ministry, up until he uh, is killed for his faith. And this issue is circumcision. Circumcision would be, like I said, a hot topic between Paul and these Jews because he... The, one of the very first things that Paul would do when he come into a new city was go to the synagogue because he knew there were people there, Jews and Gentiles who had been converted to Judaism. They would be there to worship God, and those people would be circumcised. And and and, and what's going to happen here is uh, there there's some Jews who thought that uh, one should give their life to Jesus. They should be baptized in water you know, so that people could be full of God's grace and mercy. But, but they also should be circumcised in order to be saved. And, and, and I can understand uh, why they would actually think this. And uh, we're going to dig into this just a little bit. But it goes all the way back to Genesis 17. And if you don't know what circumcision is, uh, it, it's basically uh, for the male child, it's a removal of the piece of flesh from uh, the head of, of a male's uh, penis. It's a very painful process uh, for a, a baby. And we find it in both the Old and New Testaments that even grown men uh, had to be circumcised. Now, you know, I couldn't imagine, I'm 48 years old, and I could not imagine having to be circumcised at the age of 48. But, for example, in the Old Testament, Joshua had the men in his army circumcised just before, you know, Joshua had just taken over. Moses had died. Joshua's now the new leader. God, you know, is going to use him to lead the people into the promised land. And the first place they're going to come to is Jericho. And if you know the story, you know, they march around the walls of Jericho yeah, for I think was it seven days, and they march seven times every day or something like that, and, and you know then the walls fall on the last day. But before that ever took place, Joshua had his men circumcised. He had realized they had grown up in the wilderness for those forty years, and they never were circumcised. And so he he and, and you'll see why he uh, had them do this uh, later on. Uh, but it would be a very painful process for these 
older men and you know how can you go to battle when you know you just cut your midsection and you're going to be in a lot of pain for a little while so joshua had to let these guys heal up and then you know then they could go in on into uh jericho and and let god do his thing there uh when paul in the new testament when paul meets timothy and Tim, he's going to use timothy uh uh in great and powerful ways As a matter of fact timothy uh becomes an elder i believe at ephesus but when paul first meets timothy and he's going to use this young man uh, on his missionary journeys paul has timothy circumcised as, you know as as a as a, a, a an adult uh, so you know very very painful process uh, you know, there were no ice packs back then for the pain and, and the swelling. I mean, I just, I couldn't imagine. And so, here, here is where the issue comes from. And, and I want to read, this is Genesis chapter 17, uh, where God is going to make a covenant with Abraham. And this is, this goes, oh, I mean, think about this. It goes all the way back to Genesis 17, all the way back to the father of the Jews, Abraham. Because at first they were the Hebrew people. And Abraham is going to uh, be the father of uh, many nations, God says. We'll see that here in just a minute. But we're going to break down this, this idea of circumcision and why this was such a huge conflict in this meeting that is going to take place in Acts chapter 15. Why it was so serious. And, and, and I'm pretty sure that there was some deep discussions going on that day. But when we come back from break, I want to take a look at Genesis chapter 17. We'll be right back. This is Bruce Stott, one of the elders at Partnership Christian Church. And I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to Grind It Podcast. Keep grinding. So why was this issue of circumcision such a big ordeal? Why did the Jews have such a problem with Paul saying you don't have to be circumcised anymore? Why, why did they have to have this uh, meeting in Acts chapter 15 uh, to discuss this issue of circumcision when these Pharisees have brought these, not accusations, but they, they're telling these Gentile people that if you want to be saved, you have to be circumcised. Well, this is why. It goes all the way back to Acts chapter 17. Uh, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 17. It says, When Abram, which is Abraham, was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. And here it is. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. This man is 99 years old. At this, Abram fell on his face on the ground, and God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name it will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham. For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. And by the way, a side note there, when the angel came to Sarah and told her that she's going to be pregnant at her old age, and she's going to have a child, and she's never had a child before, she laughed. Well, when that child was born... 
they named the child Isaac. Guess what Isaac means? He who laughs. So it's kind of like God had the last laugh. But God is saying, I'm going to make a covenant with you, Abraham, and your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. He says, I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. That's key. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be their God. And then God said to Abraham, your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. So God's saying, here's what you got to do, Abraham. You got to obey the terms and here's the terms of this covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. There it is. Abraham, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a father of many nations. Kings are going to be coming from you and from these nations. Here's what you've got to do. Here's your, here's your part to keep in the covenant. Get your children circumcised. Every male child must be circumcised. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, every male child must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. Why the eighth day? Because the vitamin K in the male child on the eighth day is at its highest point. Vitamin K was a natural, uh, it would cause blood to clot. And so that is why God says you, you to circumcise your male child on the eighth day. So the, the blood would clot naturally. This applies not only to members of your family, but also to the servants born in your household and the foreign-born servants whom you have purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. Any male, now get this, verse 14, Genesis 17, any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking the covenant. In other words, God says, God says, if you choose not to be circumcised, if you choose not to circumcise your male child, they will be cut off. They, I will have no part of them and they will have no part of me because this is the covenant. You must be circumcised. And so this is why it, it was such a big ordeal. I mean, they have been taught this all the way back from Genesis chapter 17 for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. It was ingrained by God himself. This command was given to uh, Abraham by God himself that if you want to be a part of me, and this is an everlasting covenant for you and your descendants, then you must be circumcised. And if you're not circumcised, then you're cut off from me. So I can understand why these Jews, especially these Pharisees and these church leaders, would have such an issue with this because I would dare say that probably ever if I would I'd just say a hundred percent of men that are in this meeting in Acts chapter fifteen were circumcised. Were circumcised. Maybe maybe some of the Gentiles that came along with Paul were not. 
Maybe, I don't know. I wasn't there. But I dare say that this is a major, major issue. I mean, even in uh, Jesus himself was circumcised in Luke chapter 2, verse 21. Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple on the eighth day to be circumcised. So, uh, you know, the Jews could even point to that. Hey, even your Savior uh, was circumcised. And they may even use that argument in these meetings. I don't know wasn't there and Luke doesn't say but I do know that this is a huge huge issue that has to be dealt with and that's exactly what they do here uh, in chapter Acts chapter 15 and what I want to do is I'm going to read the first six verses and I'm going to give a little commentary as we go through these uh, first six verses uh, in Acts chapter 15, Luke writes, While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch, Assyria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers, Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. And so I just read to you Genesis chapter 17 where God gave this command uh, to Abraham and it just carried on from there on out all the way up until this point in time when they're having this meeting, they were still circumcising their male children on the eighth day. And so these these people show up at this Gentile church that is just booming like crazy, and they say, hey, if you want to be saved, you have to be circumcised. And, and what we're going to see later on in this chapter is that these men were not sent by anybody from the church of Jerusalem. They just came to Antioch on their own accord. They're not sent by any elders. They're not sent by the, the apostles or anybody. Uh, they just happen to show up and they're, and they're teaching their own convictions that you got to be uh, circumcised. And so, um, you know, I, I'm saying again, you can understand where they're coming from after what we just read in Genesis chapter 17 and how these people have been taught all this, this time from Genesis chapter 17 that you have to be circumcised. But part of the problem is, you know, Jesus came not to destroy the law is what he's, uh, he said himself in Matthew five seventeen, but to fulfill the law. And so now Jesus has extended grace and, and mercy. So everything in the Old if you think about it like this, everything in the Old Testament, it, it, it pointed to Jesus. And yes, even circumcision. And we're going to look at that here in some scriptures here in, in just a minute. But everything in the Old Testament, it pointed to Jesus. In Galatians 3.24, Paul says the law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. Not circumcision, which would be a work, but through faith. And another thing that they didn't understand was that through faith in Christ, and this is, this is the key point right here, that through faith in Christ, we are all circumcised. It's not a circumcision of the flesh. It's a circumcision of the heart. And, and Paul explains it like this in Colossians 2, 9 through 14. He says, For in him, in Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over every ruler and authority. And in him, in Jesus, and in him... You were also, and here it is, circumcised with a circumcision performed without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Because 
when 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 Joshua, the the example I used earlier, when when he when he had his men circumcised, they would have to have taken a, a knife and, and to slice that skin. They, so it, they had to use their hands to perform this operation, uh, just like the 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 priests at the temple when they would uh, uh, perform a circumcision, they had to use their hands. And and here's Paul saying. Uh, in Jesus, you were also circumcised with the circumcision performed without hands. God did it without hands. How? And the, how did he? He says, in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. How did how did God do this without using His hands? Right here, verse twelve, Colossians two, verse twelve. Having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith. And the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in your wrongdoings and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our wrongdoings, having canceled the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was, uh, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. That's how... Uh, a, a spiritual circumcision, if you will, is performed. It's, it's not performed with hands. It was performed by Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. And, and, and this is the gospel all wrapped up right here in Colossians chapter 2. It's through faith in Christ that, uh, that we have a, a circumcision of the heart. And Paul says, Having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through Faith in the working of God. God did this through Jesus. God circumcised us, not not male children, but everybody. Anybody that comes to Jesus Christ in faith is circumcised of the heart. And God did this through Jesus. So these Jewish men who come to this Gentile church, this church, they're teaching them that if they wasn't physically circumcised, then they aren't saved. But but I want to go back to Cornelius, who were Gentiles, who were uncircumcised Gentiles. Well, they 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 were uncircumcised, but yet the Holy Spirit falls on them and they begin to speak in other tongues. And Paul or then Peter baptizes these people. They're saved. So these men right off the bat. Are, are completely wrong because they were these Gentiles uncircumcised Gentiles were saved and how were they saved through their faith in Christ Jesus and God did this thing but I, w- I want to end today's podcast we're going to pick back up in the next podcast uh, with verse 2 of Acts chapter 15 but I want to I want to point something out real quick you know people say you don't have to be baptized to be saved and I'm not here to debate baptism today or anything like that. But Paul says in him, in Jesus, uh, we are complete. And in Jesus, we are circumcised with a circumcision performed without hands. How? By being buried with him in baptism, which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. I can very easily make the argument that if if a person has never been baptized in in water into Jesus Christ, then they've never been circumcised. Very easily can make that argument. 
But I, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to debate baptism with anyone. Just read what the Word of God says and obey it. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never had put your faith, because that's what the key element is here, is faith in Christ, because God used Jesus on the cross in that empty tomb in that resurrection to circumcise our hearts, which gives us that, you know, he says, this is my covenant, Abraham, and it's going to be an everlasting covenant. Well, now it's carried through Jesus. This, this covenant is made without hands. This circumcision is not a removal of physical flesh, but spiritual. And, 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 and our heart is circumcised through faith in Christ, and we're buried with Him and baptism, just like Paul says. So if you've never been baptized for the remission of your sins, I just ask that you would, with an open mind, read the book of Acts and what and, and, and every time you see a conversion through the book of Acts you will see that those people were baptized in water and if you've never done that I just ask that you would take the time to read the scriptures pray about it and ask God to show you what you should do and I think you will see and as a matter of fact I know you will see that you need to be obedient and be baptized for the remission of your sins. If you uh, know anyone who is not a Christian, I pray that you would share this podcast with them. Give them the opportunity to go back and re- uh, listen to the podcast in, uh, in the book of John and, and how we brought out Jesus and how they can get to know Jesus because that's where it starts. They have to know Jesus and put their faith in Jesus. And let them be obedient to the gospel that they too can have the hope that you and I have. Uh, if there's anything we could pray for you about here at the Grinded Podcast, just email us at grinditpodcast, G-R-I-N-D-I-T, podcast, at gmail.com. And I hope to see you next time. God bless you and keep grinding. Thank you for joining us today on the Grind It Podcast. Please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and your family so that they too can be encouraged by the power of God's Word. If you have any comments or questions, just email them to thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, keep grinding and God bless you.